The idealistic Roosevelt promptly joined the local Republican club, attending meetings regularly. The bosses saw the advantage of running a bright, socially prominent young man like Roosevelt for office, despite the fact that he resolutely refused, if elected, to support the machine the bosses nominated Roosevelt for state assemblyman. On election day, November 8, 1881, he defeated his Democratic rival by a large majority. When he reached Albany, the state capital, in January 1882, the 23-year-old legislator very quickly aroused the ire of the professional politicians. First of all, his appearance and manner irritated them. His cultivated Harvard way of speaking and his fashionable clothes, he would sometimes attend party planning sessions in the evenings in a full-dress suit, led them to write him off as a rich dude, a mere amateur politician. His fondness for talking and arguing also impressed them as unfitting in a young and totally inexperienced lawmaker. More important, he angered the politicians by trying to remove from office a prominent judge on grounds of corruption and by attacking a bill reducing the taxes paid by a New York elevated railways company. Yet the professionals soon came to respect, almost to fear, this brash young man. He would not give up, even against heavy odds, and he was already demonstrating an instinct for attracting the attention and support of the public. By the end of his first term, he was known all over the state as a leader of the reform element. As a result, he was twice re-elected to the Assembly, in 1882 and in 1883. Actually, Roosevelt was no radical. He tended to look down on ordinary working men and to oppose bills limiting the rights of businessmen, as long as they conducted their affairs honestly. He voted against a bill reducing the working hours of streetcar conductors, calling it socialistic. He was also sharply prejudiced against Democrats, he classified over half the Democrats in the legislature as vicious, stupid-looking scoundrels, surely an exaggeration even in a time of dirty politics. Revealing his remarkable gift for expressing his thoughts in colorful language, he said that one of his Democratic colleagues had the same idea of public life that a vulture has of a dead sheep. Too often he saw things as either black or white. Men were either good or bad honest or crooked. And, of course, what he believed was 100% right. Those who opposed him had to be entirely wrong. Nevertheless, Roosevelt did much good work at Albany. His most notable achievement, while a state legislator, was a fight against the dreadful conditions in the slums of New York City. There, whole families lived in single rooms, barely surviving on the money made in long hours of cigar-making. A bill had been introduced outlawing the manufacture of cigars in tenement houses. Originally, Roosevelt opposed it as a violation of men's freedom to conduct their businesses however they pleased. But the labor leader Samuel Gompers persuaded him to visit some of these gloomy, unhealthy sweatshops. The tobacco was stowed about everywhere, Roosevelt discovered, alongside the foul bedding, and in a corner there were scraps of food. The men, women, and children in this room worked by day and far on into the evening, and they slept and ate there. The aristocratic young lawmaker was converted on the spot. He championed the bill in speeches, helped force it through a reluctant legislature, 
and then persuaded the hesitant Democratic governor of the state, Grover Cleveland, to sign it into law. It marked Roosevelt's first advance from the position of a gentleman reformer interested only in honest government to that of a real reformer concerned with social justice and human welfare.